What's going on, guys, and welcome back. This is episode now number 40 of RizzoCast. And um, you guys can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at RizzoCast. Um, Spotify, we're on Stitcher, we're on Apple Podcasts, YouTube even, um, everywhere you get your podcasts. And today we are pleased to have Oakland Athletics catching prospect uh, Colin Thoreau. Is that how you say your name? How do you say your name? Is it? That's pretty good, Thoreau. I usually Thoreau. go with Thoreau. Yeah, nice. Thoreau, easy. there you go. Well, yeah. uh, Colin, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. So, I know um, I saw your tweets. I followed you for a while, and, and you kind of disappeared from my feed until I saw a tweet that you uh, tweeted uh, the other day, and it said, quote, I'm going to read it here, really excited to announce that I'm headed back to Chick-fil-A because they forgot to include our sandwiches in the bag. Hoping they will take this heinous offense very seriously, heinous offense very seriously, and reward me with free food for life. But I will settle settle for a cash settlement. So what happened? Tell me, tell me what happened after that. Oh, you, I was actually really disappointed. They didn't follow through. They were just like, "Yeah, hey, sorry about that. Here's your sandwiches," and that was that. I, I was honestly, I thought that they would uh, take a little more pride in their messing up, you know, with their uh, track record, but. It's all good. We'll we'll squash the beef. I'll let I'll let him let him off the hook this time. Hey, you can only be you can only be mad at Chick Fil A for so long before you yeah. go back there. So I had to get it started with that because I know that's kind of what put you on my radar. And I was like, oh, this is a this is a Sarah guy too. So yeah, um, I know you said you're in Dallas. This is the time of year, right before camp begins. So what yeah. are you up to? What are you up to this off season, or what are you up to at this time? Man, it's felt like I mean this. I don't even know when the off season technically started because um, I didn't go to the alt side or anything. So I've been, I guess, kind of ramping up for this season since last spring training ended. So um, it's been a long one. I've just been, uh, you know, biggest thing is just trying to revamp my swing, work on um, the things that we were kind of tapping into in spring training before everything uh, shut down and, and just trying to master those things a little bit. But um yeah, I think I got a good grasp on it, and I'm excited to uh, actually head out a report on Saturday, as of now, or next Saturday, the 13th. So, looking forward to getting out for sure, and also just a change of scenery from the last, I mean, pretty much almost a year now. So it's gonna be fun. So where are you reporting to? Uh, to Mesa, Arizona. Gotcha, gotcha. So, mm-hmm. you know, what what was last year looking like for you? Uh, with no minor league season, were you still able to get live at bats and and work out and stuff? How was your schedule there when uh, everything was going on, but you guys at the minor league level were kind of stopped? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's definitely a lot of uncertainty. You were kind of just trying to keep up with um, your Twitter feed, you know, with like the MLB and the Players Association and the negotiations and seeing uh, where they stood with that. Like when you know the second spring training would start up and and when the uh, alt site and all that stuff. So um, when I found out I wasn't going to go to the, or basically from when spring training originally ended all the way up to when I found out I wasn't going to be at the alt site, um, I was able to be at a, a facility with a bunch of pro guys and we were doing live at bats and, and uh, you know, catching bullpens kind of staying in the, in the swing of things. And, uh, and then once uh, – I didn't get invited to the alt site. I was just, I just kind of stayed ready um, as much as I could. I mean, there wasn't as much going on as far as live ABs and stuff, but I was staying ready, just going at it five, six days a week. 
um, basically until the playoffs hit. And I knew that my chances of reporting anywhere were done. So I basically just stayed at it until October, whenever all that, whenever the playoffs started. And then, uh, yeah, and then took like a couple weeks off and got back at it like a normal off season. Yeah, for sure. So let's get into kind of you, your upbringing, San Mateo guy playing baseball, mm-hmm. in, uh, playing baseball in the peninsula. I'm from Pacifica, so I know how to Okay. Um, yeah. So how, how did you know that you wanted to play baseball? Was there like a time where you said, geez, I'm pretty good at this game. I think I could go pretty far in this. Um, I mean, yeah, I think it, it, it wasn't like anything ever, ever clicked where I was like, oh, like, you know, I want to do this. I think it was just I always wanted to play it. You know, or I always wanted to – I always imagined myself playing something, some sort of sport professionally. I didn't really care what it was. But um, I think I was drawn to baseball with, um, you know, how it was played year-round and traveling around, making friends, stuff like that. I think I was really drawn to that and, um, you know, just stuck with it. And then, you know, I think I played football my freshman and sophomore year at Sarah, and then I kind of decided that um, – you know, the summer was an important time with the showcase circuit and all that stuff in high school. So after my sophomore year, I just focused on baseball and um, it all worked out. Yeah. How important are those showcases? Because I know kids expect to play, you know, tournament baseball year round. And Mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, there's big leaguers now that even say, that's not the route, go to the showcases instead. So what was, what's your kind of philosophy on on somebody, you know, if, if you're a junior in high school, say, and somebody comes mm-hmm. up to you and says, how do I get noticed? How do I get drafted? What would you say? Yeah, I think it's tough. It's very um, relative. I think each situation is kind of unique. You know, you need to know what your skill set is. You know, you need to know um, are, if you're planning on going to a four-year out of high school. Are you a, a D1 caliber guy, D2, D3, NAIA? Or do you need to go to JUCO for a year or two and get bigger and stronger and play a little bit more? and and get on the map so um I think it, it just everybody you need to find somebody who could be really honest with you and say hey where am I at you know what should I be shooting for here and don't take it personally like obviously you're just going to continue to work harder and shoot to be the best player you can be at whatever level you're at but have somebody that you trust that knows baseball be really honest with you say hey where am I at you know what do I need to get better at where do you see me projecting at? And if it's not what you like, then go get better at it, you know? And, um, but I think it's all, it's all really relative to each situation. I think you should uh, just really have a sit down, whether it's with your parents or a coach and just really be honest about your situation and then map it out. Like, Hey, I'm not ready yet. I'm not physical enough yet. I'm going to go to junior college. Going to junior college was the best thing for me. I went to a four year, um, out of high school and I wasn't ready yet. I needed to go play junior college and get bigger and stronger and play every day. Um, and that was the route that I needed to take. So, um, yeah, I think <laughs> it's tough. Some showcases are definitely unnecessary and I think some are really beneficial. So it's uh, do your research, have someone be honest with you and work hard and I think it'll all work out. Yeah, I know some, some people get like the default letters in high school, right? And it's just, it's a yeah. fundraiser for the school. Like they don't actually look at you. Yeah. So it's it's kind of interesting. And I'll tell you what about JUCO guys. I could go to a, uh, a four-year game, a college game, a D, D1 or D2 game, and you could point out which guys went to JUCO because uh, they're grinders. So I think that's uh, pretty sure. cool. 
Uh, so you, you mentioned Sarah High School. Of course, we all know Barry Bonds, Tom Brady uh-huh. attended the school, two of the greatest uh, of all time at what they did in their respective sports. How much were mm-hmm. those two guys talked about during your times walking through the halls at Sarah? Were they just ongoingly preached upon? <laughs> um. I mean, definitely, but I mean, I mean, it, it wasn't just them. It, there's mm-hmm. such a plethora yeah. of guys who have, you know, walked those halls and 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 been in those classrooms and and been in that weight room and in those gyms and on the same fields as us. And it, it, it honestly is like, it's motivating. It's inspirational a little bit. Like, hey, I'm not too far off. You know, obviously those guys are really special, but there's been a lot of professional athletes, professional whatever that have walked those halls and it, and it makes it feel attainable. Like you feel close to it. And I think it's, it's really, uh, it's kind of a, like an advantage almost like you're, you're just close to it. You could taste it. You could smell it. What, what they were going through and you feel close to it and it feels like I said, attainable. So I think that was a really cool advantage of going to Sarah for sure. So who you got Sunday with with your Sarah guy, uh, Brady? Who, who you got, Brady or Mahomes, Chiefs, I mean, Bucks? Dude, I love – I mean, obviously a big Tom Brady guy, and it's I don't think you should ever bet against Tom Brady. But uh, I'm going to be happy either way. I want. I think it's going to be awesome for Tom to win one and, be, and, you know, prove that he didn't need Belichick and the Patriots and that. But, I mean – Mahomes and the Chiefs are—they're special. There's never been anything like those guys. So it's gonna be a good game for sure. Either way, I'll be happy either way. But we'll see. But I'm rooting for Tom, 100%. Yeah, no doubt. So growing up in the Bay, were you an A's fan or were you a Giants fan growing up? I mean, I honest, honestly, honestly, God, I was just kind of a, a Bay Area fan. Like same thing with the Niners and the Raiders. I just, you know. If they're playing each other, I was a Niners guy or I was probably a Giants guy, if I'm being honest. But, I mean, I grew up going to A's games, Giants games, Raiders games, Niners games. Um, wasn't really a fan or a, or a hater of, of either or, but if it came down to it, I was probably – I mean, the Giants were winning World Series when I was in high school, so it was a little hard to not, not root for them, but definitely had love for the A's too, for sure. Yeah, no doubt. So – Let's get to the. You got here. all your giant stuff back there. Yeah, I got. So I, got I, I know where you're leaning. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I saw. I saw the. I was a little bit younger than you, but I, I did see the championships too. And uh, I got Jeter up here in the. Uh, where is he? There he is. Right, right Jeets. there. Yeah, he's up there. So uh, he's. He, it's not all giant stuff. But anyways, uh, let's let's get to the draft here because I know we know how the first and second rounders are, you know, profiled yeah. and how they're selected. And we watch it on TV. It's a big event, even in yeah. the NFL draft. But you were, you know, a 30-second rounder. You're not, mm-hmm. you know, sitting at the couch with your friends and having a watch no. party for this. Thing. So take us kind of behind the scenes on how that went down uh, with you getting drafted. I mean, it was it was interesting. I was I was drafted the, the year before coming out of Delta College um, by the Twins and um, decided to go play at Oklahoma State and you know get better and build my draft stock and you know also just get better and try and win a college world series and all that good stuff and then didn't have a good year but we made a, a really awesome run through the playoffs got to go to omaha had a blast and when we were in super regionals at south carolina you know obviously our first and third and second rounders are popping off and I wasn't, I didn't really, I'd come to grips with, you know, I'm either going to get drafted or not. I know it's not going to be on the first day, but uh, 
we actually, I think it was the game that, it was the first game of the Super Regional, and we won, and I had an NCAA drug test right after the game. And I found out I'd been drafted. Our, our ops guy came up and told me, but I didn't have my phone. My phone was on the bus, but I couldn't go on the bus because I had to take a, a, a drug test by the NCAA. And mind you, it's about 110, 100% humidity in South Carolina. I just sweated out everything. And for three hours after the game, I was trying to pee, but I couldn't. I had nothing in my system. But you can't eat or drink anything because they say it's going to dilute the sample. So for three hours after the game, I was sitting in an office with all these NCAA people just trying to convince them I wasn't going to pee. Didn't have my phone. So nobody, you know, I'm getting congratulations texts and I can't even see any of it for three, four hours after the game, but finally got the job done and, and, and got to see all of it. But definitely an interesting uh, way to find out you've been drafted and then get slapped with a drug test. So that's incredible that's incredible that really is incredible yeah. yeah i was talking to um chris shaw i had chris shaw on the show mm. former giants first rounder out of boston college and he was telling me the story about when he um he got called up from AAA to the big leagues and he said mm. that you know they were everybody was in on it except him everybody knew except him um and they were just playing pranks on him and it was pretty awesome so everybody has like that one story you have one of of you getting drafted. So I think that's pretty yeah. cool. Um, so minor league pay, I want to get into this. It's well-documented. Uh-huh. You've you played a few years now at the level. Mm-hmm. That can't be your only source of income. So you have to get creative. What are some creative mm-hmm. ways to make money on, you know, in the minor leagues? Cause it's hard. I'd imagine. You know, what's, you know, what's funny is I bet if, if you polled all of the minor league, current minor league players or, guys in the big leagues currently how many of them have worked at lululemon in the off season I, I bet it would blow your mind it might be 50 percent. it's unbelievable i worked there my first off season i was terrible at it i was just retail during the holiday season i'm just not i'm not built for it i was getting eaten alive in there but doing uh doing a lot of you know coaching and lessons you know i, I have buddies back home who who run uh you know, their travel organizations and stuff. So go and help coach, coach them and do private lessons and stuff. So there's definitely ways to um, make some extra money in the off season. Obviously you prefer to not have to do that, but if you don't like it, just play better and you'll get paid better. So, you know? Yeah, there you go. I guess it's kind of the process, you know, I, uh, Tom Harlan, who's the pitching coach at Reardon, who actually played in the, the pirate system. Um, Worked at 24-hour fitness. So, there you yeah. go. Different, oh, there's different a, jobs. There's some interesting ones for sure. Uh, yeah. There's some really interesting ones out there. Yes. Yeah, so that's hopefully minor league pay. Hopefully these guys – did you ever have to stay with the host family? Was that some part of the – Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, it's – hopefully, you know, minor league baseball, I know like 40 teams have been taken away now. Hopefully um, minor league baseball could get a little bit more – I know it's not minor league baseball, but major league baseball, some agreement needs to be made, whatever. Um, yeah, it's hard. There's no, there's no union. There's no, but they're trying. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, um, there's, uh, God, I'm, I'm blanking on the name. I want to say it's advocates for, uh, for minor league players. They're, they're an organization who's kind of uh, probably they're in within the last year they um, came about, but yeah, they're advocating 
um, not only for better pay, but they also present a lot of opportunities for, for guys to make some money through grants and, and jobs and stuff like that. So they're doing a really cool job. So there's stuff like that available for sure, but not ideal. Yeah. But it, again, if you don't like the long bus rides, play better. I like that. Yeah. I like that sentiment. That, that's exactly. definitely a great precedent. Uh, so Colin, give me your scouting report. If I'm a guy who's never seen you play before and, you know, trying to get to know you as a player, what, how would you describe yourself? Um, I mean, obviously, uh, my game is, is my defense. I, I, I take a lot of pride in my defense and, and, and my ability to work with pitchers and, and do my best to make them better and make their jobs easier. Um, that's first and foremost. Um, take a lot of pride in my, my receiving and, and stealing strikes and, and throwing dudes out and blocking balls. I, I, I think um, – like, I love a, a Buster Posey, a Salvador Perez, a Yadier Molina. Like, I want to be a guy who has, has presence back there. I think it, it's, you know, there's the game-changing shortstops like the Javi Baez, but I want to be that as a catcher, and I think there's a lot of ways to do that in my game calling and my management of the, of the pitchers and, and then obviously in the blocking and throwing and receiving. But first and foremost, definitely um, – you know, I hope my defense jumps off the paper and then um, I'm going to run into my homers and this year going to uh, try to run into a couple more singles with two strikes and stop lining out to the catcher so much this year. So we'll see about that. That That's too nice. You, you're giving yourself too much credit when you say <laughs> line out to the catcher. No, but I like yeah, that. Yeah. I've, seen, I've seen some double digit home runs there on your baseball reference page. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's a definitely a good track. So as a catcher, you know, you're sometimes responsible for like 12, 13, 14 guys on a staff, maybe more, maybe less. What, cause what do you, I'm trying to think, does it ever get overwhelming that you have to deal with so many guys and, and what they like to do on two strikes, you know, their put away pitch, you got to know all these guys. So it, does that ever get overwhelming for you? Or are you kind of like, I'm a catcher. I have to be mentally strong. I have to know this. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, definitely I wouldn't say it gets overwhelming. I think that's what you sign up for. And that's mm -hmm. um, – I think especially when my offense is struggling, those are the things I take pride in being able to, uh, you know, uh, excel in is those types of things. And the scouting reports and knowing my pitchers and knowing situations and, and, and helping my guys out of those situations. So um, those are the things I can lean on when my offense is struggling and still, you know, make an impact in the game. So I think – me and guys like me more so uh, need to be on top of those things. So I, I enjoy that aspect of the game for sure. Best pitcher you've ever caught, you know, maybe pure stuff guy. Who is it? Oh, I mean, every time this question gets asked on like a podcast or an interview or a video or anything, I always, every other pitcher that I've ever caught has something to say to me about mm -hmm. it. So but I don't think anybody will ever get mad at me for saying Jesus Lizardo, hands down, best pitcher, best stuff, best mound presence. Um, you name it, he's got it. He's going to win 30 Cy Youngs in yeah. the future. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be shocked by that either. I think the Jays have a really good one there. Um, what is said on these mound visits? Because I know it's – is it is – it, <laughs> people don't like – people want to know this stuff. Is it like a kick in the tush a little bit? Or is it, hey, it's, man, you're good. You're one pitch away. Or are you kind of tough on the guy? What's it like? No, I mean, it's it's relative. You got you to gotta know your guy. Some guys, I mean, I feel like I'm going out there and I'm giving them a Friday Night Lights speech. You know, like 
you know, this is the last pitch of our lives right here. And then other guys, I got to go out there and I got to get their mind off of it. I have to joke or, you know, uh, bring something else up. Other guys, I go out there and, and they don't want to hear anything, but they know I have to go out there, you know, so then we might not even say anything. And then I, I, I leave. But, you know, I'm there to break up the rhythm of the inning a little bit. So it's all relative. It's trial and error. It's, um, you know, you're just you're a therapist on, on the fly. So um, you definitely kind of over the years, you definitely uh, kind of pick up your, your little um, go to speeches that you keep in the back pocket. But, you know, you, you got to wing a couple every once in a while and see what you come up with. Yeah, that, that's really awesome. So I know you mentioned pitch framing. Pitch framing's kind of grown to like a, a key skill in baseball. It's, I mean, guys are getting major contracts off of it. You know, yeah. millions of dollars are being added on because these guys could steal a strike um, or make strikes, remain strikes. Is, yeah. if that's how you want to call it. So how often is that something, because I know everybody's working on it. Is mm-hmm. that, and I know you mentioned it's one of your big skills. How did you kind of like start, because I know pitch framing was a little bit, you know, when you were first coming up, it's now exaggerated now. So yeah. when did you first kind of get the pitch framing aspect in your mind? Um, I think it's always been, even before it was a thing, like, you know, there was always ways to win more strikes, you know, um, whether it's, you know, the angles you're presenting with your glove and your body or um, you really, I think the relationship with the umpire is a big one. Uh but, I mean, there's definitely – I think there's a clear uh, – you know, when you look at the guys at the top of the leaderboard, the real mudos, the posies, stuff like that, there's a pretty clear um, reason why those guys are at the top. You know, they're, they're underneath the ball. They catch it in, in one move. They're, they're on time. They're not late, and their glove's not bobbing. And, um, so I think those are the things you chase. Like, everybody's still a little unique in the moves they make and their timing mechanisms and their stances and setups, but there's definitely some clear-cut um, kind of, like, X factors that you should want to chase and then tweak it to make it your own a little bit. But I'm sorry. I feel like I got away from the question a little bit. But <laughs> I, don't, I don't even remember what. Uh, like, but, I, don't I mean, it, like, it, it's not something that we constantly talk about. Because at the end of the day, rule number one is keep strike strikes. Like that's the biggest battle that that you're facing, and then and then you move on from there. But um, I think every organization is different. Some are, you know, they're all over it. Ours is pretty. Um, they're definitely getting more into it. I would say over the years. But um, I don't know. We'll see. I, I hopefully they don't bring in a robo umpire and, and ruin all of it. But we'll see. Yeah, that that would really ruin the. Uh the art of, of pitch framing for sure. So more guys yeah. are also dropping to a knee to, to catch art. You know, Gary Sanchez does it all the time. There's a few other guys. Are you still kind of traditional or do you do that from time to time? Are you able to do that? Cause I know some yeah. have to be more flexible. I mean, I, I'm pretty traditional for the most part. I honestly, I, I tried to, uh, in 2019, I tried to do a little bit more one knee stuff and I don't love it. I understand. I think, again, it's just relative. Certain guys need it to get into certain positions. I am lucky I don't need it. I could get pretty low. Um, but then I, I was also – I felt, like, more exposed to foul tips and stuff. I, I took some foul balls off my knee when it was down that I would have taken off the shin guard if I was in my traditional stance. So, I mean, I'm personally not crazy about it for myself. But, I mean, whatever guys got to do to get more pitches, go for it. 
but personally i don't i'm not a big uh, proponent of it yeah i was going to mention that there could be probably a lack of protection there uh, yeah. for sure how have how many concussions have you had? That's a question that I've I've tried to ask every catcher that I've come across, and they've either said they've either given me an exact number or they've said probably like five that have not been diagnosed. So what's your what's your number? I mean, I've never had. Luckily, I mean, knock on wood, I've never had any confirmed ones or um, anything I've ever had to come out of a game for or anything like that. But definitely, uh, I don't know. That's. Uh, that's up for debate. Hopefully, I mean, <laughs> I really don't know. I've definitely woken up with some sore jaw. You know, my jaw's clicky. Some days I got to drink everything through a straw because I can't open my mouth. But, uh, you know, knock on wood, nothing confirmed yet. I don't know. I don't know what my, what my number would be. Hopefully not very high. Oh, man. So you There's, not a, lot of brains to, there's not a lot of brains to go around up there anyway. So <laughs> no brain, no pain. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't have asked that if you don't have one. I mean, you knocked on wood, so hopefully that yeah, does we're something. Yeah, I'm going to go knock on some stuff after this. Yeah, definitely. Um, so last thing here before we go, big leaks. Let's say the A's call you up. Somebody calls you up. They need a game changer at the catching position. What yep. are you expecting the big leagues to be like? Is it something, you know, obviously it's a dream, but what is it, yeah. what are your kind of expectations for when that time comes? Um... You know, I, I got to – I was lucky. I got to get a little bit of a taste of it last spring training. I got to go – we played a, um, an exhibition series in Las Vegas last spring training. So, I got to – I was fortunate enough to catch the flight on the charter and, you know, stay in the nice hotel and, and stuff like that. Um, so, I got a little bit of a taste of it. But, I mean, I don't know, man. It, it just – there's obviously the glitz and the glamour, but I just think uh, – the major league game is like a, it's just a beautiful game. It, it's played so like crisply. It, it's just, it's the best guys in the world going mano a mano and they're all so good at what they do and they still um, are able to execute against each other. So like, like the fan in me looks forward to, you know, hopefully playing in the major leagues and, and getting to experience that and, you know, and, 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 put myself to the test against those guys, you know, and being one of those guys. So that's what I look forward to. Yeah, for sure. Colin, thanks for taking the time, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, where, where can people find you? What's your Twitter, uh, Twitter handle? Uh, Twitter, first name, last name, Colin Thoreau, Instagram at Yo Soy Colin. Uh, that's where you can find me. I'm off Facebook. No Facebook for me. Too many old people yelling at me on there <laughs> yeah exactly and yeah you guys can check out his 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 uh, meal his chick-fil-a uh thoughts Tweets. And stuff. yeah so he's good on twitter he's good on twitter so call thank next you, thank you. i appreciate it uh watch yeah, your bro. watch the foul tips feel bad yeah. asking that go knock on some stuff after this for uh, sure and uh obviously good luck to your guy brady um, yeah on sunday and maybe he'll represent your high school Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching. Subscribe wherever you're at. Um, Follow the podcast everywhere, as I mentioned in the beginning, RizzoCast on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, enjoy the rest of your day, everybody.